Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Kitty Bella Show. I'm your host, Katrina Goodlett, aka Kitty Bella. 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 Kitty Bella is back. 
away for several months on a much-needed hiatus. At the beginning of the year, I embarked on my second season of this show, as well as started doing stand-up, media appearances, panels, and healing retreats with the Trans Women of Color Collective, of course. I also was working full-time at my day job and helping my mother deal with a health crisis. Over time, I became very overwhelmed and decided to pull back. I've realized I've learned to carve out boundaries for myself, and that's not something that I've been always good at. I'm a person that likes to do lots of things at once and likes to think that I can do it well. But there comes a time when one must make an adult mature decision that reflects the best choices. So for me, focusing on my own well-being became a priority. At the time I chose to take this break, Caitlyn Jenner was just becoming a phenom. Yes, a part of me wanted to do a show or shows talking about this hot topic, but I soon realized, like many of us, that we already had enough of that happening in mainstream media. This conversation, basic as well, was happening all the time. However, I still see this conversation as being basic as fuck. (laughs) I shared my thoughts on Jenner's story after the Diane Sawyer interview. But once Caitlin dropped the Vanity Fair, I really had no interest in talking about her. I still share my thoughts here or there, but gone with any desire to join this media exploitation of a person sharing their truth. I also realized that hypervisibility would lead to nothing at the end of the day. Caitlin goes back home to her Malibu home while I'm still a poor black trans woman who struggles to access resources and platforms. The latest firestorm for Caitlin, though, has been her ever-increasing expression of conservative views. Um, I'm like, really, Kitty Bella's thinking, are y'all watching the same show as me? Did y'all watch the same Diane Sawyer interview as me? Caitlin said in that same interview that she was a Republican. I find it just quite interesting that Gay Inc., who was goo-goo eyes for Caitlin when she first dropped, are now, wait, 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 where's my sound effect? Now they're trying to drop her like a bad cold. Gay Inc., y'all phony. Her being rich, part of a popular reality TV family, and a Republican was okay for y'all. But the moment she started speaking mess about gay marriage, the wolves came out. The swoop down. Anyway, enough of that mess. How's y'all doing? Damn. Right. I missed my Kitty Bella supporters and audience. I really missed you guys. I hope the summer treated you good. Um, for me, I didn't do too much. I uh, basically worked. I did go to the beach. Um, the sun was very important, as my doctor gave me a vitamin D mandate. Um, going forward, I will be broadcasting shows periodically for the next few weeks, and I will try to be as flexible to maintain some form of self-care. I have plenty of show ideas and would love to hear any suggestions or comments. Please hit me up. Email me. I am always open to suggestions. Uh, so, basically, what's the tea? What's the tea? We're catching up on what's going on. So, what's the tea is I see my sister, Lady Dane, has just dropped her third published 
you guys know, to publish a fiction novel in D.C. Now she's releasing her third book, with the release of her third book, Brew. Um, go to Lady Dane, S-E, L-A-D-Y-D-A-N-E, S-E dot com for more details. Also check out C-W-O-C-C dot U-S, as well as Casa Ruby dot org. And I would also like to tell you that I'm still part of the groundbreaking talent agency, Awkward, which was founded by the amazing writer-poet-facilitator, Jane Mee. We are working on a special new project, and we would love as much support as possible. Please go to Awkward Talent, that's one word, A-W-Q-W-A-R-D, talent.com forward slash. Book an artist or speaker. Uh, the lovely goddess Lords Ashley Hunter can be booked through Awkward as well. So this show is going to be a caller's choice show. What are the topics you guys want to chat about? Call me up, 347-237-4756. Talk about, and I will ask for you to call in and chime in. If you want to talk about something else, that's fine. So, for the Stonewall movie, hmm, oh Lord, oh no, just basic as Stonewall movie. Any crickets? It's basic, so basic. Um, hmm, let's see. First, this erasure and rewrite of Stonewall is the first basic-ass issue I have. This story reflects a narrative that white gay men led Stonewall and that Marsha P. and Sylvia Rivera were mere backdrops. We all know that shit ain't true. So if this is not the true narrative, my question for the director-producer is why create this? Oh, because it contributes to an already saturated film landscape where white men, gay or not, are the lead and worthy of having their story told. Meredith Tulsan, an LGBT staff writer at BuzzFeed, quote, trans and gender nonconforming characters in Stonewall serve as love interest, comic relief, and support for a white gay boy's coming-of-age journey rather than the stars of their own story, unquote. Work. Meredith, hmm, sounds similar to real life where LGBT orgs and boards are dominated by white gay queer folk. Meanwhile, black and brown trans folk are worthy and relegated of only handing out condoms instead of writing and leading programs or organizations like we're already doing. Tolson then goes on to say as well in the article, quote, Marsha represents the film's token nod to trans women. While also providing one-dimensional comic relief, she pops up to be fabulous and trout one-liners, including one the real Johnson had actually said, the P in her middle name, stands for pay it no mind, unquote. You can find Tolson's article up on Buzz. Apparently, this pushback of the community's push against his attempt to rewrite history and I've seen lots of Facebook and Twitter posts showing the anger that many white gay men are expressing to black and brown trans folk, excuse you, and gender nonconforming folk. And it's just plain ugly, and it's a form of adjacent racism. By supporting this film, you are supporting erasure. You are supporting a basic-ass history, whitewashing a sort of smudging of history. 
What say you? I want to hear from my callers. 347-237-4756. Ooh, I have lots of tweets, but I don't have any callers. So I'm going to continue on, maybe make sure I'm doing everything right, but nobody's calling me. Okay, no problemo. Um, we're going to move on, though, because um, by myself. Next topic will be Waka Flocka. Mr. Flocka, he's caused quite a shitstorm with his comments on The Breakfast Club about transgender folks. You know, a.k.a. people like me. During the interview, Waka discussed the trans community and Caitlyn Jenner. On The Breakfast Club interview, Waka states, quote, Women are afraid to be a wife, and young males are afraid to be men, unquote. Waka said of the transgender community, quote, it's not cool. They're not marketing that. They don't market families and husbands and wives no more. They're marketing young girls, transgenders. They're marketing evil, man. Evil is marketed. I ain't got nothing crazy. Oh, wait, I ain't got nothing against anybody's preference. Put it on TV? That's crazy, man. Unquote. Uh, I don't even want to read the rest of his quotes. He's just so stupid. Next, Walker turned his attention to Caitlyn Jenner. He claimed to have nothing against Jenner, but continued to claim she was rebuking God. Quote, I ain't saying nothing against like a bruised Jenner. You follow me, you are who you are when God made you, not who you became after he did. Walker said of Jenner, that's how I just feel. You rebuking God. God ain't put those feelings in you. That's the devil playing tricks on your mind. That's a touch with God. Unquote. This excerpt that I just read was taken from contactmusic.com. So here's the deal. I have been and will continue to be critical of Jenner and her hypervisibility by the mainstream media. I will not support her as some sort of quote-unquote leader, whether she acts to be one or not. With her elitist and conservative views, however, let's get something straight despite those elitist and conservative views, I will never support or endorse any misgendering of any of my sisters or brothers. There is no place for this kind of basic-ass discourse, waka flaka. Waka sentiment is the exact kind of rhetoric that leads to black needs to be held accountable for his basic-ass comments and views. First of all, for the 1,000th time, there is no such thing as transgenders. It may sound like a cool Marvel superhero group to some, but technically there is no such thing as a transgender or transgenders. It's just not even grammatically correct. I also noticed some of the language he used in his words have a religious bent. Again, here we go with religion being used as a reason to excuse or justify hate, hate and vitriol against an entire group of people who choose to live their truth with their own bodies and not hurt anyone else. I need my religious org. I need you guys to start calling out this mess. We continue to ignore the elephant in the room, and that is how religion continues to foster a divide in our society. And not so much the religion that permeates into everything we do, but it's not so much that, but uh, justify and interpret the religion that is leading to this. And, and just for disclosure, I'm not a religious person. 
I was raised as a Muslim and pretty much became spiritual in my teen years while my mom transitioned into a Baptist faith. And by that time, I was 18, and I was in my own transition or, you know, my own coming to truth. And I had no interest in religion, organized religion at that time. However, now as an adult, I have made the more conscious decision to not follow any organized religion due to many divisions that I see that go on and many contradictions. I have now seen religion used as an excuse to hate LGBT folk and to wage uh, quote-unquote people's versions of jihad. Many people take advantage of religion principles for their own gain. What say you on the topic? Do we have any callers now? Three four seven two three seven four seven five six. Where my people's at? Ah, somebody just got on. All right. Um, I see your last four, and what I'm going to do is say the last four, and I'm going to say hi. You're on, and that means you're on, and just start speaking. Um, just make sure that your volume is turned up. The last four here I see is from four zero zero five. Four zero zero five. Hi, you're on the Kimmy Bella Show. Hi, Katrina. It's a Logue. Oh my fucking god. Are you excited that Kimmy Bella is back? <laughs> I'm so excited. I've been sitting here laughing so hard at your show. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like, am I fucking up? I don't know what's going on. I'm like, nobody's calling me. I'm glad you called But this leads me to my question. I really wanted to talk more about your new career as a stand-up comedian and to hear how it's been going and also to hear what you think about the role of comedy within our social justice movement. That is a great question. Thank you so much, Luke. Luke is part of Dark Matter. You can Google Dark Matter. Um, Dark Matter is amazing. Um, Wow. To answer that, Luke, I would have to say that comedy, uh, the comedy routine that I'm working on and, you know, I'm getting into comedy, it's been very um, interesting. Uh, I have been Mm -hmm. doing a lot of work with Awkward, and so Awkward actually procured some of my first a few shows, and so I was able to uh, actually get up on stage, and you were actually at my first performance. Mm -hmm. Um, That actually, that performance I actually procured myself. That was at uh, Bad in the Bronx, uh, the Bronx Academy in the Bronx, and that was amazing. That was a a night of performances. You saw it was a night of just trans brilliance. Um, I performed with Tyra Ross and... um, Elizabeth Marie Rivera did some poetry, and so and a whole bunch of other amazing women. And so that was good because that got an opportunity for people to see me in a different light. Um, it got for people to actually, like, really just see a different side of comedy. And I think that going to your question about how uh, comedy sort of can be used uh, in terms, I think, I think you were asking sort of in more of a political mm-hmm. aspect. Um, that's been difficult because there are, of course, the things that I want to talk about, but I also am conscious of what I talk about. And so I don't want it to be um, contributing to the already basic atmosphere that is out there in comedy, which just pokes fun at everybody. And to me, that's not funny. To me, funny is when you're poking fun at those who usually a man that poke fun at mm-hmm. uh, another sister, another brother. To me, we're already um, 
abused, you know, by society on a daily basis. There's no comedy in that. Um, for me, I find more laughter poking fun at people like Donald Trump than I find poking fun at maybe uh, Caitlyn or somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. that's your comedy when you're able to find nuance and perspective in, in different circumstances at the same time without being cruel, if that makes any sense, or harsh. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll come in across as a jerk. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a tight rope. It's a definitely a tight rope. What I love so I'm much so glad about, you asked your about per- that. Yeah, what I love so much about your performance is, you know, as trans and gender nonconforming people, we're so often the butt of other people's jokes. And seeing you right. make jokes on a stage feels really powerful because it's a it's a mm. flip of a script. Mm. Ashay, I, I I definitely um, pick up on that, especially when I wrote the particular part about, you remember when I talk about dating as a trans woman? Mm-hmm, and I think that mm-hmm. that part, when I was writing it, that sort of, that comedy sort of, uh, that that's that created, um, it's empowering. And I felt writing it, it was empowering. So that, I'm glad you that you talked, you brought that up, because that is something that maybe consciously I didn't really think about. I just sort of like whatever, you men think you're all that and nobody wants you. But, like, reality, it is empowering to other trans youth out here and other gender nonconforming people because the reality is, like, yeah, like, we're used to being fucking, like, stepped on by people in society. Mm-hmm. It's not cool. Um, so thank you for affirming my comedy, Aluk. You're so amazing. I wasn't expecting of that. Of course. <laughs> Was there anything else that you want to touch on or bring up? Um, I Pretty just want to much. say I'm so excited for you to be back. We miss your voice. Yes, thank you so much, Alu. Please continue to listen. And Alu, okay. you've been a great dark matter. You guys have been a big support system, and I appreciate all of the support and love. And I love you. Love you. Bye. Bye, baby. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I love Alu. Oh, my God. I love all you guys who may not be calling in, but at least you're listening. Geek and Stereo. Oh, my God. Thank you for listening. I see you shouting me out on Twitter. Rush to start. Thank you, Terrell. Jane, yes, I love you, girl. And, of course, Dark Matter. Oh, my God. Everyone out here, Courtney Ziegler, I see all you guys tweeting me. You're so fabulous. I do want to announce and I guess I can announce this, it sort of, like, happened sort of quickly and rapidly, that um, Kitty Bella Show has brought on staff, finally. <laughs> it's taken me two years. But um, I'm really ready to, like, uh, expound the show and really uh, get as much help that I can get. And so the first part of doing that is by actually hiring someone. And so I would like to announce that I have hired someone to come on staff. I don't want to say their name yet because I want to make sure that they're okay with all of that. But I will say that there is a trend, black person who has been hired as a consultant to the Kitty Bella Show. I don't like the word intern. Um, So they'll be hired as a consultant, and they basically will be consulting with me in a paid position to help promote the show, to help book guests, to help um, just spread overall message that I want people's feedback. I want you guys to tell me what do you want to talk about. And so I want the show to be really, like, you know, revolutionary, badass, 
you know, nerdland, you know, sort of with a mix of ghettoness because that's just me, you know. I was born and raised in the New York City Project. Ow. But, um, yeah, that is some amazing news. Ow. And I'm just really happy that I can now say that there's definitely going to be some help coming on to the show to help raise it. So a bomb for that. So, not sure if many of you know, but I was born and raised in New York City, and I grew up on the New York City trains and culture. I was born in the project building of East Harlem, El Barrio, is where I went to school as a child. The smell, oh my God, I just, when I think of my upbringing and when I think of East Harlem, I think of a smell, and a good smell. I think of food. I think of culture. And that's just because when I would get out of the train station on Lexington Avenue every day as a child or growing up when I was younger, I would, my senses would encounter. It's the smell of food, of Latin Spanish food, all kinds of food. It's just, it was always there permeating for me. So I basically recently uh, trekked back into New York. Um, you know, I miss East Harlem as beautiful as the culture and everything is. My view was of the East River and the FDR Drive, which is not Nalabu. <laughs> However, my trek into New York yesterday was many things. I took the train, um, the New Jersey Transit. And so first off, let's discuss some basic ass training writing rules. We all want to be comfy on the train. We want to be pleasurable and have a pleasurable ride. But I noticed something yesterday. I'm noticing more people putting their bags and chairs and feet up on the seat, which in my opinion, I don't care. But when the train gets crowded and folks need a seat, rule number one, move your shit. This train was kind of crowded with empty single seats with folks putting their shit in it. So, you know, it was getting a little crowded at this point, you know, a.k.a. time to move your shit, time. Now, this guy had an empty seat next to him, but he positioned his body like he did not want anybody to sit next to him. So I sat next to him because I needed a seat. Da-da-da. Homeboy, who appeared as an able-bodied white man, to turn his body, he, like, shifted it, y'all, even more. And he would also sigh in displeasure. After I sat, so, of course, I was left to assume it was for me. I, of course, ignored all this because the objective was achieved. I got my seat. (laughs) So the whole time, he starts moving around in his seat, not touching me, though, but just moving around and acting like he's not bothered, that he's bothered. I continue to ignore him and play on my phone. At one point, he looks around, and we're at, like, Sokolka Station. We're getting close to New York. And he looks around to see if there's enough folks off the train so he could find an empty seat. You know that look? He must have found none because he turned his head back around and slouched back in his fucking seat. I continue to ignore and carried on. Then the ticket conductor comes through and starts asking for tickets. Me being the prepared diva that I am, had my ticket already in place. My stub on the seat clip, ready for the conductor to collect without having to ask me a word. But to my chagrin, the conductor stops at our seat and says, Ticket, ma'am, where is your ticket? 
I point to the clip. She checks in and says, oh. Then she looks at my slouching sweet mate and goes, sir, where's your ticket? He points up to the seat clip where mine's was on the adjacent clip. His was there. She goes, that is only good up to Newark Penn, sir, not New York. He gags, looks to check his pockets and ticket confirmation. He gags again and realizes he had not purchased the right ticket. The conductor says, sir, just come with me and we will get you another ticket. Me, Kitty Bella, sensing him having to crush over my body, I immediately jumped up because I did, I wanted to get out of his dragon ass touching me. Now, standing in the aisle, out of my seat, this guy walks out of his seat and walks past my seat to the aisle and bumps into me still as he walks out down the steps of the train. It was a double-decker train. And as I look in horror, he has not recognized his transgression. I say, sir, you just bumped me. The word is excuse me or excuse you. Now, standing at the bottom of the steps with the conductor, he just looks back at me with the dumb thing and doesn't say shit and walks off the train. I was steaming mad. I know I was mad. Oh, my God, that had just, oh, oh, that just did something for me. Have you had a similar experience? Oh, my God, I would love to hear about these microaggressions on the train. You should call me at 347-237-4756. I would love here what the hell goes on these trains. It's a mess. O-M-G. So, I can't hear from you because nobody's calling me. Oh, we have another caller. See how quickly it happens? <laughs> Is it on? Is it on? Say, baby, can you take my picture? Is it on? Is it on? Say, baby, can you take my picture? Is it on? Is it on? Say, baby, can you take my picture? Is it on? Is it on? Say, baby, can you take my picture? You peed for this one, honey. You made me feel Now let's see if we can make the kids feel I really don't think you're ready for it. Won't you go ahead and ask a question, girl? Everybody looking out there. Let me ask you something. Is it on? Is it on? Do you see me? Is it on? Podcast. 
you can go on demand, blogtalkradio.com forward slash Kitty Bella Show, and go to the on-demand section and look for the T.S. Madison podcast. That was Is It On, also by T.S. Madison. And for those who do not know, the show opening is by the lovely goddess Coco Jones, whose album, Who's That Lady, is the song of her EP, Who's That Lady, whose uh, song is in the show. So anyway, moving quite along, I see more callers have finally woken up. Yeah, the job was given me. The last four I see is four seven two six. Four seven two six. Hi, you're on the Kitty Bella show. Hello. Hi, who's this? Hi, this is your sister. Oh, my God. Can I know my own sister's number? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so Oh, my God. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, my God. I'm looking for the perfect freaking. Oh, here it goes. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, that number looks familiar, but I don't know numbers anymore. Who knows numbers anymore? How are you, Google? I'm finding you. I'm good. I'm this is the first time. I'm oh, sorry. Yes, this is the first time my sister has called into the show, guys, so I'm so excited. I'm so happy. What made you call in? Because, you know, I'm sorry that I'm late. I mean, I'm like 30 minutes late, but I was watching Project One Way. And I said, oh, I'm supposed to listen to the tea about... <laughs> and I said, I forgot. I was supposed to about the tea about Waka Flocka. Did I miss it? Watching Project One Way over me, you did miss the Waka Flocka, but only because no one else was around to talk about it. But um, we can bring it back. I can just give you a quick synopsis. Pretty much Waka Flocka went on the breakfast club, says, and... He made a number of basic ass statements, including saying um, it's not cool that they're marketing trans- the transgender community. They don't market families and husbands and wives no more. They're marketing girls and transgenders and evil. Evil is being marketed. I ain't got nothing against anybody's preference, um, but putting on TV is crazy. So pretty much he went on this whole religious bed. And I'm curious to hear your thoughts as my sister, number one, but number two, more so because you are, um, you know, I explained to people already in the show, Dara, that we grew up, well, you know, you were young at the time, but I grew up Muslim. You know, mom, you know, practiced um, Islam when we were younger. But, you know, as you became of age, and I explained to the people earlier, she transitioned into baptism. And so I, at that time, was already an adult, you know, becoming an adult and going through transition. So I wasn't about to join into any religious faith. But you did. You were still young enough at the time, and so you um, went to church every day, you know, and was heavy in a church. As someone who does follow faith, okay, so my question to you, Boo Boo, is as someone who does follow faith, family member and sister, of me, but someone who is transgender, uh, transgender black woman, what did those comments that I just told you what he said as far as evil and, and, and it's just how it's ruining community and family and all this mess he's talking about, um, what are your your thoughts about it? 
I, I feel that it's ignorant and that um, if you really read your Bible and if you really believe in God, you wouldn't even speak such evil because who are you to dish out something? Only God can judge us. And at the end of the day, God made us and God knew who we were before we knew. So how I feel about what Walker said is just truly just ignorant and he doesn't know and he doesn't he's not trying to know. People only know from what they're taught. So you know, like it goes to like racism. People don't know racism unless that's what they're taught. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um and and a lot of people don't realize that this kind of language this it contributes to this environment out there. And I think it also creates a narrative like that black people think like this and that this is how uh all rappers are, this is how a lot of us are in the community. And that's simply not the case. I think you are an example, mom is an example, our whole family is an example of black love. Um, when you love openly and, and you and you accept people in their truths and their in their own truths. Because it has nothing to do with anybody else but what that own person is going through. Am I missing something? There? No, you're not no, you're, you're totally right because like he said, he's trying to say about family, but you should be family and support your family no matter what their decision is. So it's like at the end of the day he's uh contradicting himself. Because Absolutely. you can have a family either type of way. It doesn't matter. Family is family. And it doesn't matter. As long as you're promoting love and peace, that's all that matters. And you're right, sis. He is contradicting himself, his basic ass. Because like um, uh, a person in the community who I admire so much, Dr. Courtney Ziegler tweeted on Twitter earlier, at fake rapper, Courtney tweeted basically like, bro, you're you're a hypocrite if you're trying to call out anybody and saying we're ruining back family. Meanwhile, you talking about hoes and alcohol and drugs and just and gang banging and all this shit. But exactly. yes, I'm the evil one. Exactly. <laughs> Me trying to live my life is the evil one. And we watch Love and Hip Hop. She's trying to have a child, but did you start smoking that weed to start your own family? No. But uh, you know, everybody's worried about everybody else's life except for their own. And that is the bottom fucking line. Thank you so much for calling in, Boo Boo. I love you. I'll call you later. Love you to run my number. Bye, girl. Oh, my God, I am really loving, even though I was worried nobody was calling in, I'm loving those of you who are calling so far. I love my phone call from Baluk. I love my phone call from my sister, which was totally unexpected and not planned. Um, I want some more callers, though, because I basically went through most of my topics. I have maybe one more. Um, and so I need for you guys to really chime in on what you want to talk about while we have a little bit more time left. The last four of the next nine, four, eight, seven, nine. Hello. You are on. Hi, Larry. Geek and Stereo. Hi, Larry. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm oh sitting God. in the park listening to your show. Welcome back. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for welcoming me back. I'm tripping out right now because I'm getting all these first-time new callers. Um, I know you've listened to the show before, but I, this is your first time calling in, right? Yeah, it's my first time. 
Oh, my God. It's just, like, so, like, affirming, this love I'm getting right now. Um, my sister, as you just heard. So how are you? What would you like to talk I'm about? I'm good. Today? And that's pretty dope that your sister called in. It's, I oh. think it's amazing for, you know, you our family. Do you want to comment on anything that was already said? I do. I'm sorry. I want to comment on the train situation. I, I felt like your sister oh. kind of covered Waka, but the first time I moved here, I moved to Brooklyn, well, to New York in January, and there was a um, – how do I say, a pale person sitting on the train, and she had, you know, bags in her huge purse, and she had, she was taking up two seats, and I think I came on the train, and you know how you make eye contact with someone, and you want them, you know, like, okay, I'm about to sit down. She didn't move her stuff. She was just like, you know, I'm just thinking, like, her bags are, like, more important than me sitting my ass down after getting off work in the winter. And I was just like, um, can you move your bag, please? And she just like, oh, excuse me, I'm so sorry. And I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> Got a little God. attitude. Yeah, I was like, move your bag. I'm sorry, move your bag. I'm, I'm sorry. But I just, I, just, I like, I have short patience with people in the train situation. But, yeah, I mean, that happens all the time I see that with people. And you know you're supposed to get up if somebody's older than you and they need to sit down. I don't know, and, like, I don't want to, like, generalize white people, but, like, that's oh, no, just no, no. my yeah. experience. I have mm-hmm. to speak to my experience. And, you know, like, this show is all about being honest and having honest conversation. And, like, my experience as someone who grew up in New York City and now someone who's a little bit removed from New York but, like, ventured back in for a moment yesterday, and I'm like, what is what white people feeling like they're entitled to so much space? Mm-hmm. All the space. Oh, my God. All the damn space. Like, can I just have a seat? Y'all <laughs> taking I'm up like, the neighborhood. I don't know. Can I just have a seat on the train? Right, right, right. Like, shit. I don't know. It was just crazy. And there was other little microaggressions I was getting yesterday um, with people. And so I was just like, I don't know. New York is just not the same New York to me. It's just a different energy. And I don't know if I like it. There's definitely a lot of entitlement with people on trains, people on sidewalks. Let me be let me be specific. Manhattan. Um, I know there's gentrification going on in other boroughs, but like Manhattan has totally like did uh it was already, you know, the center of whiteness. But like I don't know what the hell it is. It's like Disney World up and down the east and west side. It's like it's like Disney World <laughs> everywhere where it's just tourists looking around looking stupid. You know, freaking in the way and just being oblivious as freaking European tourists. And then you have, like, just the other people, the, the other white Americans who are just here taking up space. And I'm like, well, is there room for a black trans guy anywhere in Manhattan? I don't know. It didn't feel like it. <laughs> That's true. Not yesterday. I feel that. Not yesterday. Absolutely. Um, I'm curious, God, before you, I don't want to hang up with you because the next, the last topic that I have for discussion actually touches on something that you might want to chime in on. And okay. it's basically, I don't want to go into the whole thing about it, but I'll just basically give you the synopsis. It's basically about Yama and the comment mm-hmm. she made on Roland's show about BLM and the visibility of it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not, are you aware of the whole Yama thing with BLM? So I didn't watch it, but I was, like really in conversation with a lot of people and I saw people comments on Twitter and I already knew right. I was like, Oh, this is not gonna end well 
Um, Black Twitter my is going to snatch her edges. Yeah. Just like you, I'm not religious, but I'm very spiritual, and I do believe right. there's a higher power. But I'm really over these institutions telling people or, like, painting this picture like all black men are gay because we've been abused or we've been violated or molested as kids. I've never been molested. I've never been abused. Both my father and my mother were in my life and very supportive of who I was. And I came out at 15, so I've always had a good support system with my family. And we we grew up in the church, and it wasn't – even my grandmother was like, the Bible says something totally different than what people put out there. And people are using religion to – project this hate that they have personally, but that's not what the Bible is saying. And it's, I'm right. really, and the fact that this is like a, a huge network and this is, you know, backed by Oprah and she's kind of, I feel like since even though she's not saying that she's condoning that this is the message that we should be sending out to young black and brown men who are raised in the church, that it's not okay for them to be gay or that the only reason that they are gay because they experience something very traumatic and that's not true. That is so true, Larry, and that could be like a whole another podcast show. Yes. Religion and everything, but like I just I'm astounded. Like some, you have to see the clip, Larry. Please go to um, Erica's page or 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 just Google um, Ayama and uh, the Roland Martin segment because really I'll just go into it a little bit. She was basically like. Like where are the leaders and what are the what are the what are the what are the ask what is being asked of me and it's like, girl, where are you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I don't understand. This is not your grandmother's revolution, Ayanla. Everyone right. is a leader. Everyone exactly. is a leader. Did you see what America did to the few chosen quote unquote leaders that we were anointed with early on? They killed them. Yeah. It's not funny, but, you know, I'm just, like, in hyper-exaggeration, just like, come on. They killed all our leaders. So, girl, I'm going to need you to get your head out your chakra. (laughs) And then she also asked, where is the, the reporters at? Like, where's our black media at? So, to that effect. And I'm like, do you stay in your own bubble? I know plenty of reporters and writers who are doing work on the front lines, like Russian Star, Zelimani, Feminista Jones, Trudy, yourself, uh, a Greek and Sarah, Geek and Serio. So there are plenty of people out there who lend voice to what's impacting the black community. Now, just because none of those names have media conglomerates, of course the message is not going to be heard like, a Megyn Kelly, you know, or somebody. Yes. So yes. I just, it's just, I don't know. What are your thoughts? I'm just like, what the hell? I'm like exasperated. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm just over this point where they feel like, you know, I mean, because people hang on to their opinion so much, and it's like they're so far removed anyway. It's like, why are people even caring? I know that there are hundreds of black and brown people in the media that are telling our stories and doing it in an amazing way. Uh, that we have, we have media. We have go to websites or blogs or reporters that when our stuff comes out, we go to them and they can tell us perfectly. Or, I mean, you see situations in social media where they call out if the story is told wrong or someone is misgendered or somebody is, is telling a lie about how a story or a situation went, we call them out on social media. That's not how it's mentioned. We need to get your story together. Right. 
right, or we're going to get you together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you first. And then we're going to get you, whoever hired you. Good night. Oh, my God. Right, right, right. Oh, my God. Well, I'm so happy you called in. I'm so happy that we got to to chat a little bit. And thank you for sharing um, what you shared. That was amazing. You can follow. No problem. uh, I'm going to keep listening. Yes, follow Geek and Stereo. Thank you. I'm so happy. You're welcome. Love you. Love you, too. Bye. Love you, too. Oh, my God. This has been amazing today. Oh, my God. You guys are showing me so much love. Um, the next caller is actually <laughs> someone I already know who's calling because we um, have been chatting on Facebook. They, uh, or he goes by uh, Jennifer and he prefer uh, to talk about, or he, pre- he had a post where he's talking about uh, the use of the word trans-attracted men. And so... Uh, the person I'm about to bring on, Nazir, um, who's not a comedian, uh, Nazir, has plenty of thoughts about the use of word transactive men and probably, you know, just expound on more general sense of just terminologies in general. And I thought that they had some interesting analysis. And so I told them to call in, and they have. And so I'm going to bring them on and hear what they have to say before we end the show today. I think we'll end with some analysis from our men. The last four is 4918, but I guess I don't need to do that because you know that I'm chewing you on. Nazir, are you on? Yes, I'm here. Thank you for having me on here. Yes. Oh, my God, another <laughs> first-time caller. Yes, I'm first <laughs> Thank you so yes. much. Can you just tell the audience a little bit about yourself? If you don't mind, I know I'm putting you on the spot. Just, I'm, I'm also like starting to learn a little bit more about you, so if you can just give a quick brief of where you're from and, and who you are, and then talk about your Facebook post, because I just found it so awesome. Okay. Uh, my name is Nazir. I'm 20 years old. I'm from New York. I identify as a black trans man. And um, I just saw an article today about um, trans um, in Vice um, magazine or their website or whatever. And it was, I couldn't even get through the article uh, fully because they were talking about trans attracted men. Like that's um, a sexuality and how this man was trying to, understand his sexuality and if him liking trans women made him gay and um, just so many Mm -hmm. like different problematic microaggressions that was going on in that article and I wrote a Facebook post about how I feel that with the term LGBT like all of those like letters besides T people like know that those are sexuality lesbian gay bisexual those are sexualities so the T in LGBT is not a sexuality, and I feel like that needs to be, like, heavily, like, spoken about because I think a lot of people who are not trans assume that being trans is a sexuality, whether they um, intend to believe that or not. But you can tell that's how a lot of people feel based off the language that they use when speaking about trans people, especially trans women. They, uh, trans women, I feel, get, like, the, the short end of the stick most of the time when it comes to dating um, and it's like very hard. Uh, with that, what I mean by that is that people feel that 
when um, they speak about trans women, that they can, like, put their womanhood up for debate or that, um, you know, their their are No, Yeah, like, so it just is really frustrating for me to have to, like, do trans one-on-one all the time with people. And it's like people walk into the conversation, even on the Facebook post, like, people walk into the conversation with their privilege and leave with their privilege. And, you know, I think people, especially, like, people who claim to be trans-attracted, um, like cis men, like, they want um, ally cookies and they want to seem like they're in solidarity with trans women, but there's so much that goes into being in solidarity, not just saying that, you know, not just tokenizing them and be like, oh, you're a good trans person or I like you um, because you're, you know, um, speaking about your trans identity the way that's comfortable for me as a cis person. And it's like just checking that privilege. If you're like, I don't think there's anything wrong if you're trans dating a cis person, but I think that you have to like check them and make sure that you're not being fetishized as a trans person. That they're not um, with the whole trans attracted thing. The whole idea of being attracted to only just trans people is like othering and like uh, making it seem that trans people are, like, this monolith and that, you know, uh, trans people, like, especially trans women, only look a certain type of way when it's, like, there's so much variation to to trans women and, you know, there's not just one way to be a trans woman. So, you know, and there's also all of these demands, like, this huge laundry list of demands that a lot of cis men um, make for trans women where when it comes to, like, uh, whether you have surgeries or um, not, don't have surgeries or your disclosure or, like, a type of, like, aesthetic that you need to have. And I feel like right. a lot of that doesn't get talked about in the community when it comes to, like, dating cis people. And so much pressure now, nowadays is going on um, these trans-attracted, quote-unquote, men to speak out and say, yeah, you know, I'm not ashamed to, la- like, be in love with trans women. But I don't see the conversation talking about, like, their privilege in that aspect. Like, I know Laverne Cox, um, she, I don't know if it was an article she wrote or an interview. I remember. But she was, yeah, she Mm. was speaking about um, the fact that um, trans-attracted men have it harder. And it's just like, at the end of the day, you can choose not to date uh, another trans person. A trans um, person cannot choose or, or... you know, stop the discrimination that they face um, navigating the world as trans, you know. So I think people need to, like, if if you are a person of privilege dating somebody who is um, who doesn't have, share that privilege that you do, like, you really have to center their feelings. And I feel like that's not the, the, the premise of, like, what the conversation that's going on with, like, trans-attracted people, like, that, I don't think that's, that's happening yet. It's centering the cis person. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that the, a lot of victim blaming goes on in here, a lot of um, shaming of folks. Yeah. Um, it, 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 a nuanced conversation has to happen. Um, I understand where Laverne was coming from in terms of sympathy for these men, but I would no way, you know, would, would, would elevate them in a position. I don't think that's what she meant, but in no way. Um, then maybe she did. I don't know. I haven't spoke with her. But I, I, I know Laverne enough, you know, to know that I don't think that's what she was implying. And, but just the idea that, you know, 
you know, we should feel sorry for them. Like, and uh, what about me? <laughs> so it's like, uh, definitely, you know, we are the ones that are being killed. We are the ones being attacked. Um, there definitely needs to be more understanding and, and more, um, I wouldn't say acceptance. I don't like that word because I don't need someone to accept me. Um, but mm-hmm. there just needs to be more just back off, don't touch me, <laughs> and stay out my way. That. And I think that, yeah. you know what I'm saying, just those basic principles will go a long way. Just don't touch me and stay out my way. And I think that, um, you know, some people just, this country is founded on violence. And so, unfortunately, mm-hmm. violence permeates into every aspect of our society. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you for that phone call, Nazir. That was amazing. I definitely want to talk to you some more. Um, you have a lot of interesting things to say. And please, Nazir, check out our Over 30 podcast. I know you said, you were like, who is Kitty Bella? I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> No, no shade, no shade. I don't like. I'm not on the internet like that, to be honest with you. Oh, so okay, okay, okay. It wasn't any shade, to be honest. No, I know. <laughs> I'm just playing with you. Well, please take advantage now. I think you'll find some amazing shows. Dr. Courtney Ziegler was on twice, talking about trans men, um, entrepreneurship, um, starting your own businesses as trans people, okay. and so as trans folks, and so. Um, that would be a great podcast. Also, any of my youth podcasts, I've had co-hosts from Yaya Nicole to Nala Simone. Um, you know, I've had some amazing youth co-hosts, to, like, so definitely check in. it out. I can't wait to dive into that. I, I really like um, your your post. Uh, thank I, you. And did you enjoy I'm so the show so far today? Huh? Say that again? No, I said I, I, I can't wait to dive into that, and I didn't hear what you said after. Oh, I said, did, did you so far, have you enjoyed what you've heard? I know this is your first time officially. Absolutely. That's why I'm like, I can't, I'm so glad that you, like, you know, exposed me to um, to this. And I, and I want to, like, you know, listening, listen to more of the podcast. And I can't wait to call in more. Well, thank you so much. And all that goes a long way to affirming what I'm doing here and affirming the work that all of us are doing. So thank you so much, Nazir. And we'll talk soon. Lots of love. Yes. Yes. To our another new caller. So I was going to end the show here, but I'm going to take one more last caller. We're going to hear from one of my favorite trans-Latina women out here, activists doing some amazing work. She is a not a new caller. <laughs> she is a longtime Kitty Bella supporter. She is actually have her own podcast up as well. She's one of the over thirty podcasts. Elizabeth Marie Rivera, who founded the Stop the Shade campaign. She's been in the ballroom community and after the community for decades. Uh, I don't mean to make her sound old. <laughs> Sorry, girl, no shade, but you know what I mean. You've been doing this for a while, girl. Um, and I'm going to bring you in right now, so you ain't talking yet, but you are live right now. Elizabeth, are you there? Welcome to the Kitty Bella Show. Good afternoon. How are you, Kitty? Good afternoon. How are you, Liz? I haven't spoken to you in a while. I know. I'm good. I'm good. Um, I've been taking some personal time, you know, uh, just dealing with some things. Uh, you know, life has its way of throwing some challenges at you, so, you know, just doing some time to uh, do some personal self-care. 
Absolutely. Self-care is, you know, I live by that. I swear by it. As much as I love <laughs> Kitty Bella, I have to say four months, I need a break. You know, you have to carve yeah. out self-care however it um, I can see your life. I agree. And I'm sorry for the late. I'm sorry for the late call. I actually was trying to call earlier, and um, I actually called in a little too late. Um, you were talking to your sister, and I, am, I, I, I okay. thought you had taken the last call, and I was like, okay, I'll catch you at the next no. show. No, um, make room. Right. You know, we have a connection. <clears throat> we have that kind of relationship. I made yeah. room for you. What do you want to talk Thank about, Thank you, Um. Well, I, I, I know that uh, several folks, have been hitting me up as of late um, because the the new Stonewall movie is supposed to be uh, coming out September 25th. Um, it's already premiered in Toronto, um, and so folks are kind of uh, they're a little aware of the kind of online activism that I was doing around uh, the boycotting of the Stonewall movie, um, and they were just wanting to find out if uh, there are any plans of any you know what what is Elizabeth planning on doing, um, so. Uh, I'm, I'm actually, I, I try to organize and mobilize some folks to do stuff. You know, some folks want to actually uh, sit down and watch the movie for themselves to, to uh, be able to formulate a much more rounder opinion around um, what are their thoughts of the movie. And, and then there are other folks who are just have no plain interest in watching the movie, but also don't really seem to be interested in showing up to a demo. <laughs> so it's trying right. to figure out, okay, an approach. Um, and my sister Stephanie, who works for the Sylvia Rivera Law Project, actually came up with a really unique idea. But that idea oh. is going to actually, and I, I told her that idea is going to take uh, a little bit longer to develop, um, which may not be ready for uh, the, the day of the screening of Stonewall. Um, I'm not looking to do anything major or anything huge or big. Uh, you know, I think one of the major things that uh, I had been dealing with was the idea of the movie's going to come out. Um, as is, regardless of what I say or do, it's just about creating uh, visibility around people's kind of, uh, you know, disapproval of the whitewashing uh, of the movie um, and the, and the fifthwashing right. of the movie. So it's, it's um, you know, I, what I was just planning on saying is just, uh, hey, I'm going to this theater at this time. I'm going to be there with flyers to hand out if folks want to come through and, and support. Great. If not, enjoy the movie if you choose to go watch the movie. But, you know, um, I think right, that's, that's the, right. the challenge also has been, it's like, Elizabeth, why do you feel so adamant about boycotting the movie when you've only seen the trailer? Right. Um, I think that's what, can you explain that to folks? I think that that's getting lost. Why, why um, a lot of our folk are feeling um, so strongly about uh, this erasure? Um, they're, they're feeling strongly because it's been a historical thing that's been uh, that's happened uh, uh, throughout the years with any any right. uh, historical event and any um, Hollywood adaptation of that historical event. Um, it's just, uh, it's, you know, ironic, but again, it's happening again. In, in this movie, and uh, one of the major things that we've struggled with, especially within the trans community, is garnering visibility. And you know, one of the uh, unique things about uh, 2015, at least for myself, is that uh, you know I kind of considered 2015 to be the the year of the trans uh, movement. You know, uh, we we are becoming more visible, um, but what you know, it, it's difficult when you see uh, you know a movie like Stonewall 
uh, getting ready to be released, and it's clearly erasing a lot of the trans narrative that happened around that uh, very historical event. Um, and it's, it's, it's displeasing. Um, if it wasn't for uh, women like Sylvia Rivera, Marsha P. Johnson, um, you know, Miss Major, Stormy Delavari, we would not be where we're at today with our rights. You know, people would not be even being able to sit, uh, to stand in front of a, 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 you know, a priest and say, I do. Right. If it wasn't for, you know, the tireless, you know, fighting of Sylvia Rivera and Marsha P. Johnson. Um, And so it's just very ironic, you know, um, and very, very, very insulting uh, to see how quickly and how easily, um, you know, they were erased out of this narrative based on the fact that there are so many conflicting storylines that the director chose to go with his fictional storylines, which is what his kind of argument is, which is kind of a... I think it's BS, but that's my own personal opinion. Um, it's just, you know, a lot of mansplaining that he's doing. And, and um, I think that for folks that don't understand why why people are upset with, with the trailer in itself, the trailer is supposed to be the preview, you know, the preview to what this movie is supposed to be about. You know, very, very clearly in the trailer, we already can see who is being placed as the centerpiece of this uh, you know, of, of this movie, and it's not, um, it's not Marsha P. Johnson uh, or anybody that looks anywhere near Sylvia Rivera. I have a few things to ask you. Okay, one, what would you like to, what would you rather see? What kind of stories would you rather see being told? And number two, can you provide the information again on where the demonstration is going to take place? Because I just got a tweet from someone who wants to know where they can go they would like uh, to be there? Um, well, there is the, oh, my gosh. Let me let me see if I can pull that information up real quick now that I'm online with you. Um, or maybe a place where they can go to follow to get that information, like a website, maybe SRLP, you know, Twitter page or something like that. I don't know. Um, well, um, well, you're welcome to uh, follow me on Twitter, actually. Um, uh, Give uh, your name. Miss Lolita Ladant, actually. Uh, Miss Lolita Ladant. M S Lolita Lavant L A V A M P, um, and I'll post um, the information on there um, as far as where, okay. what location I'm thinking of, of. Yeah, um, and so and, and what was your other two questions? So what was, would you like to see? What would you? Uh, I actually, I an authentic, you know, an authentic storytelling of of the actual histories of Sylvia Rivera and Marshall oh, Johnson. I'm so, I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful <laughs> that, you know, it, it, it just, it's, it's just that real, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just think that it's, it's very ludicrous to kind of just, like, make them, um, you know, these kind of supportive acting roles. Sylvia's not even in the movie. She's been, she's been kind of squashed together with another, uh, you know, member of the community that was there that night. Um, and so some character has been developed between those two uh, individuals, Ray and Sylvia, and this whole kind of mashup. I just would like to see authenticity. You know what I'm saying? I would definitely mm. like to finally be able to see, you know, Hollywood um, or just people in general be able to say, okay, now, now we really want to show what the struggle of the trans, you know, the trans community is really like, what, what their history has been like. And, and I'm just tired. I'm, I'm tired of us being typecasted, you know, um, always being uh, satirical characters. I love Laverne and everything. I love Orange is the New, uh, the right. new Black. 
Um, I love, I love. But we need more. We, we need, need more. more. I mean, there's no shade. We love Laverne. We love uh, the, the 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 education that she has been able to to put forth out there because of her visibility. Um, we can mm-hmm. see that. But but mm-hmm. and we love her as a person and what she stands for and her her analysis. But we also would be amiss not to critique the fact that uh, you have to be you know a Laverne to get to that mm-hmm. point. Why can't you be a Nala Simone? Why can't mm-hmm. you be, you know, a radical black, black trans woman to, you mm-hmm. know, to, to be mm-hmm. heard? Why isn't that story being elevated? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Which like, it's just always the, go ahead, go ahead, I'm sorry, I'm going off. You know, and which is why I'm upset with them kind of putting Marsha off to the side, you know, like they could have definitely used Marsha to really, really, I mean, and that's the ironic thing about this whole thing is that this, you know, 2015 for me is supposed to be the trans year and get, you know, Emrick decided to come through and say, hey, you know what, despite all the visibility the trans community is having, I'm just going to go ahead and do this, you know, gay this washing. Right. You know, and, and, and just screw the trans community altogether, you know, like they've, they've got enough right. already just, with Laverne. <laughs> and just like one of my Twitter, right, and just like one of my Twitter followers just said, sometimes when we want a story to be told right, we have to do it ourselves. And so, you know, I think that that's, there's something to that because just like I didn't like what was being said during interviews, um, I created the Kitty Bella Show. And so sometimes we have to create our own content. But I think that we can create content while being critical to those mm-hmm. who have a larger pool of money, a larger pool of resources, mm-hmm. and access to those resources. And so I think that that also, there should be room in the conversation for that kind of critical analysis while doing your own thing as possible. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Exactly. Well, so, thank you so much for calling in. Oh, my God. This is amazing. Definitely. I'm looking forward to seeing you again soon, Mama. <laughs> yes, yes, well. yes. Definitely reach out to me. Reach out to me. We could definitely, like, plan a date or something, a lunch date. Um, brunch. Definitely. I'm definitely always open. Well, thank you, Liz. Thank you for calling in. Thank you. I'll talk to you later, Mama. Yes, to all our callers and listeners today. This has been another amazing episode of the Kitty Bella Show. We have just kicked off our inaugural, I guess you could call it third version or sort of third, I guess, season. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm not really one to use those terminology because this is just a small show that I produce, um, but it's sort of like the third installment um, of the Kitty Bella show. We started in January 2014, and here we are about to go into January 2016, and I'm super excited. Thank you for joining us. If you like what you're hearing today, if you like what you hear on the 30 Over 30 podcast, if you just like what I, who I represent, um, and what um, my community represents. Please pour into this work. Um, I can't do it by myself, and me asking for uh, financial help is my way of saying I need the resources to make the show bigger and better. Um, I can only bring someone on board on staff if I have the resources to pay them. So if you can, please go to PayPal, $5, $2. I take it. Talking to Kitty Bella from the East Harlem Housing Project. I'm not too proud to beg. Um, please go to PayPal and you can send via the email Kitty Droid. It's one word, Kitty Droid, like Android. Kitty D R O I D 2011 at gmail dot com. Um, 
someone just tweeted me they could not make the Twitter address for Miss Lolita. Don't worry about that. I will tweet you Miss Lolita's address, cousin. Oh, my God, my family is amazing today. Shout out to my family for coming through today. I love you guys. Damn. So, going forward, where was my going forward? Oh, um, please check out any of our 30 podcasts. Look forward for upcoming shows. We have lots of shows coming up. I have lots of ideas and guests lined up. Very interesting topics. Black trans men are in the discussion. We also want to talk about the love I'm seeing between black trans people, black trans men and women getting together. Um, I'm loving it. I'm here for it, or however you identify. I'm just seeing the the, the love between black trans people is really dope, and I want to talk about that. I also um, will be in this month to talk about some of the awesome talent that's out there that's part of Awkward, so there will be a few awkward guests coming on as well. And I also will love to hear from you in the community. If there's someone you think that needs to uh, have a platform to discuss what they're doing, if you're doing amazing work and you want to talk about it, shoot me an email. You can shoot me an email at Katrina Goodlett. It's all one word at gmail.com, please. Also, please um, like the page on Facebook as well. I want to end the show today uh, with who else? I want to end it with Coco because she's like the bomb. And so I think we should play, uh, am I shading Coco? No, we're not shading Coco. I thought I saw a song I wanted to play over Coco. We're going to play some Treasure Tower. Judge you. 